Well, you guys ready to get in the word today? We've been talking about a series that I just love. We've entitled it, Faith is a Rest. And this is the third Sunday for that. So faith is a rest. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 26. And I want you to look at a scripture we've looked at already in this series. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. This is such an important, such an important series. Because faith is never a rush. The enemy is always trying to rush you into things. Faith is a rest. So we're going to define that today. We're going to get into some good things, some principles that you have to understand. Isaiah 26.3 says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. We keep our mind on God because we trust in him. Or in other words, God defines trusting him as keeping your mind on him. If you want to know how to trust God, it's very simple. You keep your mind on him and you will trust in him and then perfect peace will mount guard over your heart and over your mind. So many trying to sit here and go, okay, I just need to trust God. I, you know, I listen to, to ministers and they're like, you just need to trust God. Well, how? What does that mean? It, don't, it simply means you put your mind on him. So that's why God says meditate in my word day and night so that your mind is always on him so you could always walk in the peace of God which is flowing out of the righteousness that he's made you. So it goes on to say, trust, verse 4, trust ye in the Lord forever for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And this Hebrew word, as we said before, it doesn't just mean strength. It means a place of refuge which will produce strength in your life. There's a place in God that you go, man, you live there, and it just it brings strength into your life. This is huge. And always realize trust always is developed as you get to know him. See, as you keep your mind on him, you will get to know him. John 17, 3 says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is so awesome. Peace, rest from knowing God. We have the privilege. This is why God says in Isaiah 119, if you'll just be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Does that make sense? Why? Because your mind is on him. You'll trust in him. You'll be resting. That is the walk of faith. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn over there. Galatians 6, 9. This says something very, very key to our faith walk. Galatians 6, 9. It says this, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Notice it doesn't say we might reap. The Bible says we shall reap. Isn't that good news? That's good news. Do you know that all, all the powers of darkness, Satan, all the powers of darkness, every demon, every devil, every fallen angel in the world cannot keep $10 from coming to you. It can't, it, he can't stop anything because he has no power to stop things. Oh, it's very clear he could hinder. Paul said, hey, I, I wanted to come to you, but he hindered. He kind of slowed me down, but he can't stop you. But here's what he does. He tries to get your mind on things that are not God so that you stop yourself. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. 
Does that make sense? So this is what he does. And this is why we have to teach on this. Let us not be weary. This word weary in the Greek language means tired and faint in heart. Have you ever been weary? Right? It's real easy to get weary. Because now in, in the world we live in, it's fast-paced. You know, corporate America is designed, it's the world system. Everything in it is designed to create fear. Everything is designed to steal, kill, and destroy in the world system. So, But we live in the world system, but we live in it in the kingdom of God. So now we can live in this world at peace, at rest, and we keep our mind on him. Weary. See, here's the thing. If you talk to people, you'll hear things like, well, I knew sister so-and-so, or I knew this guy, great friend of mine, or relative, whatever. You know, they were in faith. They were believing God, but they just didn't, they never received it. They were just believing God, but they never got healed. Do you know that's an impossible statement? You have literally never met anybody who's ever gotten in faith, and here's the thing, and stayed in faith that did not receive the promise in their life manifesting here. So get that out of your vocabulary. You've never met a person like that. Now, you've met people that have gotten in faith, but then they've let go, and that's why they're not walking in it. Because God says, I will watch over my word to perform it. This is not a maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't thing. No, no, no. God, the God of heaven, who not only won't lie, he can't lie, says, no, listen, I watch over my word to perform it. It accomplishes what I set it out to do. The only person that could stop that from happening in the universe, in your life, is you. And so this is really simplify your faith walk. If you have something in your life, if you have sickness in your body, if you're, facing, if you're facing depression, anxiety, fear, if you're facing poverty, lack, or anything like that, if you look in the Word of God and you get scriptures that promise you, that, that say God's already given you freedom from sickness and disease, freedom from depression, anxiety, and fear, freedom from poverty and lack, if you can find scriptures, then you know it's God's will. So rejoice, because all you have to do is believe it and receive it. That's it. So, so this, is, this is hope. This is a confident, joyous expectation. In Hebrews chapter 6, in verse 12, it gives us a picture of what happens to people. Hebrews 6.12 says this, that you be not slothful. Slothful. That Greek word means lazy. That you be not lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience receive the promise. See, I'm going to be a follower of those who through faith and patience receive the promise. So in my life, I'm going to follow Pastor Edwin. Because I've seen him through faith and patience receive the promise. But I'm also going to follow Joshua. Well, we, well, wait a minute. Joshua lived thousands of years ago. Doesn't matter. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow Moses. I'm going to follow Noah. Right? I'm going to follow Jesus. Amen. See, I'm going to be a follower. I'm not going to follow people in my life here that are not laying hold of stuff. I can't. Does that make sense? I can't do that. So be followers of those who through faith and patience receive the promise. So we said this before. I'll say it again. I've said this every time we've taught on this. Trust is always expressed in rest. When you trust God, you will know it because you're at rest. If you're stressed out, it's because you're not trusting God. If you're worried this morning, let me be very clear, you're not trusting God. Now, could you have thoughts of worry? Absolutely. Take those captive. 
Because just because you have a thought of worry doesn't mean you're worrying. Does that make sense? You cast that thought down. How do you do that? Father, I thank you that you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, and I am anxious for nothing. I don't worry about anything, but I pray about everything. See what, see what that does. That thought of worry will leave. Now, it'll come back. It'll try to come back, but you just keep taking it captive with the Word of God. So important. To rest, when we say we're resting, this is what we mean. We don't mean we're not working. Because we're always, we're always working. We're working out our salvation for it's God that works in us. In other words, I'm resting from doing my own works. So to be at rest, which means I'm trusting God, means I'm in a position where I'm, not, I'm no longer trying to work it out or figure it out. I've given it to Him. And now He's working it out while I'm walking. Does that make sense? So a lot of times, what am I doing? Oh, I'm thanking Him. I'm meditating in the Word. See, we're not talking about resting from activity, which is inactivity. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about resting in work, inactivity. See, you could be at rest. When you go to work tomorrow, you can be at rest all day. See, there's a lot of people that go to sleep and will sleep eight hours but get no rest. Why? Because if you're not resting on the inside, you're not resting on the outside. And oh, you might take a, 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 an herb or a, or a medicine that helps you sleep, but it's not going to help your rest. So you, you really want to watch this. See, God rested from his work. Why? Because he got tired. Man, I created this universe. I no, no. He rested. Why? Because he was finished. Right? So... When you are at rest, you will know that you know that you know it's finished. You'll know it is. This, this, this thing that I got going in my physical body is finished. Right? This, this weakness in my joint or this injury in my hip or whatever it is, it's finished. By his stripes, I was healed. So I'm no longer trying to be healed. I'm already the healed, so therefore sickness has to leave my body. It has to bow to who I am in Christ. Poverty and lack. I'm not trying to be prosperous. I'm born again. The day you got born again, you became prosperous. So now, how you live is you walk in your prosperity. Well, how do you do that? You walk, you work out what God's working in. You thank him. And so now I am prosperous. So now poverty and lack, you've got to leave my body. You've, or you've got to leave my life. Depression, I'm already free from depression. So now because I've been made free from depression, depression, you have to leave my body. You have to leave my mind, whatever it is. Chemical imbalances, you have to come in line. So this is why we rest. See, God, he always, and if you look at the physical body, if you talk to a doctor or a healthcare professional, they will tell you that our physical body, which is amazing, is not made to handle stress. God never wants you to live out of stress or worry. He only wants you to live at rest. Does that make sense? So this is why he tells us, keep your mind on me, which keeping your mind on God is keeping your mind on his word. So this is why you never want to be concerned about what somebody else is doing, ever. God's not going to talk to you about what I need to do as a pastor he won't even talk to you about what I need to do as a husband. He won't talk to you about what I need to eat tonight. Right? He'll talk to you. 
Because if you start looking at what somebody else needs to be doing, you're going to get into stress, worry, there's going to be no peace because there's no anointing to do it. Right? I'll tell you, I love the anointing. I live in the anointing. I figured out as a pastor, it's not my job to fill these empty chairs. It, you know, it's not my job to fill this bucket with money. It's not my job. It's, it's my job to passionately pursue his presence, to know him. That's my job. And as I do that now, as what happens is, is those gifts just get stirred up in me. It's, it's, it's my job to love the people of God, that the, the, the people, the sheep that he brings, so that me as an under-shepherd, he's the great shepherd, that I could shepherd them and equip them to go walk out God's plan for their life. I'm anointed to do that. As you're hearing this today, it'll equip you to go walk out things in your life. That's what the gift does. But I'm not anointed to tell you what to do. Pastor, can I set up 45 counseling sessions? You know, you can. Because I counsel. The best counseling I would ever do is twice a week. It's this morning. We're ha it's happening right now. Or Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Now, does that, mean, does that mean I never sit down with anybody? Oh, no. No. But I got to tell you, one of the least productive things I've ever done is, is, is meet with people to try to fix their marriage. Because if you'll just take what you're hearing and make a decision to submit to the word, guess what? God will fix your marriage. But if your marriage is not being fixed, it's not because you need to find the right counselor. Right. Well, actually, you know, it is, it is, you do have to find that right counselor. But, you know, it, his, his, he's, he's right on the inside of you. The great counselor. But this is what happens in counseling sessions. I mean, I've, I've had some crazy stuff happen. And until two people can get over themselves and get their eyes off each other and get their eyes on themselves and submit to the word like all of us have to do all the time, if they'll do that, it doesn't matter how bad their marriage has been, it could be fixed. Amen. In all of our lives, if we'll get our eyes on Jesus... See, here's the thing. If we peer into Jesus, what happens? We're changed into his image. So this is why I want to encourage you. Look to the Lord in every arena of your life, especially in those areas where you're going, man, I'm really strong in this area. I really know the word in this area. You know, the more that I walk with the Lord, the more I realize I don't know and the more excited I get. We live our life not being concerned what others are doing, but also, here's a bigger part of it, not being concerned with what others think of us. Because let me put your mind at ease this morning. Other people really don't think much about you. Even when they're talking, they might be sitting in a restaurant. Hey, go to a restaurant sometime and just listen to what people are saying. Everybody's gossiping. It's crazy. Why? Because it's in your flesh. They're not really thinking about the person they're talking about. They're just trying to feel better. They think if they could talk about somebody else's messed up life, it'll make them feel better. But oh, God's got peace for you. And I'm telling you, when a peace that flows out of righteousness fills your whole life, you instantly are like, wow. All you think about is how much God loves you. And all of a sudden, fear's gone. All of a sudden, all things are possible. All of a sudden, wow, I don't have to live with this condition that I've lived for for 10 years. And so now, through faith and patience, I'm going to obtain the promise. If I, now, here's a principle. If you don't leave with anything else today, this is like a finally my brethren moment. Paul's writings to the, the church of Ephesus. So here it is. If I don't hear the gospel of grace, 
it is impossible for me to enter his rest. Notice I didn't say the gospels of grace, the gospel of grace. There's one gospel. And it's the good news that just is so good, it just seems too good to be true. But it is true. If I don't hear the gospel of grace, I can never find rest. People will run around looking for the cool thing to study. Oh, pastor, can you do a series on the pre-Adamic race? That, that, that race that was here before Adam and Eve, you know, because we know there's a big gap between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. And can you do a big series on that? No. No. If you're, see, we're going to talk about the gospel of grace. I mean, we could, all kinds of really cool subjects. Now, am I saying never study that stuff? Oh, some of that stuff's fun. But man, you got to meditate on the grace of God, what he's given you. You'll, otherwise, you'll, you'll, you'll have all this head knowledge that'll stress you out. Where did the dinosaurs come from? Come on. What about cavemen? Yep. You know, why did what, Tyrannosaurus Rex, he had these little arms, right? <laughs> I, I mean, who, you know, there's some cool stuff with all that. And the Bible has some really cool stuff to say about a lot of that. But I got to tell you, you got to know what God has given you by his grace. This is why, see, as your pastor, I want you to rest. The only way you can and I can please God is if we walk by faith. And faith is a rest. If you're not resting, you are not, you're not in a little faith. You're not in faith. So now if I'm always ministering the gospel of the grace of Christ Jesus, now people have an opportunity to enter into his rest. If I'm not hearing the gospel of grace, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to always think about how I need to perform. Right? I'm up here on the worship team, and it's not... Did you notice today? There was nobody performing. They were worshiping. Right? There's no performance. Because to be honest with you, all of them had their eyes on the Lord, right? I mean, I keep my eyes shut because I, that helps me keep my eyes on the Lord. But when I open my eyes, I just get encouraged watching them. You know, Jeff's back there, right? I mean, it's just awesome. He's just, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's Mark Mason, you know, he's, he's probably doing something on his laptop while he's playing the drums. I don't know how he does. No, I'm just teasing. But you know... We talk about this all the time. It's just not about us. And all of a sudden, these beautiful vocal gifts, those, those voices that you're hearing are just an expression and an extension of their spirit. All these instruments are an expression of their spirit. See, that's the way God wants us to live. I, I, I'm not trying to perform. If I perform good enough, then God will do this. Baloney. That's not the gospel. I'm going to always struggle because if you've ever noticed, you know, you, you get pretty hard on yourself. Man, when I was in high school, and I don't even want to tell stories because it seems like the older I'm getting, the, more, the bigger my vertical jump was and the more points I scored. But, you know, I could have a really, I'll just say, I, when I have a really good game and I'm a scoring machine, if you talk to me afterwards, I'd be like, yeah, but that one pass... I really blew that pass, and I missed those three shots. I could describe them in detail. See, when you live out of your spirit, you'll live thankful. When you live out of your flesh, you're going to beat yourself up about all these little peripheral things that you're not even to be focused on. You're going to always be trying to work to get something to happen. What do I need to do to get this to happen instead of just resting and going, I already have it. Jesus, all my trust is in you. I'm telling you, you walk around and you just start saying, Jesus, all of my trust is in you. Father, all my trust is in you. It just brings a peace in your life. And over time, it will change everything on the outside of your life. Hebrews chapter 4. Go over there. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4. I really want to get into this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. It says, and it's a little vague in the King James, because it says, let us therefore fear, 
And all of a sudden, every Christian's going, whoa, wait a minute, fear. Lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. So we need to really look at this word fear because this word fear, it literally means to be cautious, to be aware, and to be diligent. So let us therefore be cautious. Let us therefore be aware and let us therefore be diligent lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should, look at this, should seem, seem to come short of it. See, in reality, you are, you've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of God's dear son. You are in a place of rest. But if you seem to fall short of it, you will embrace a whole bunch of stuff and try to be working stuff out and performing. You'll be living in a manner that you're not supposed to be living in. So this is why I need to be cautious. Who am I around a lot? What am I listening to? Who am I associating with? What teaching am I listening to? I need to be cautious. I need to be aware. Okay, I'm feeling this way, this thought. I'm aware. The Holy Spirit will keep you aware. When you're full of the Word, you get so aware that if anything's not His Word, you're like, whoa, hold on. No. Father, I did not mean what I just said. I cursed that Word in Jesus' name. I, you know, and, and you start living out of your spirit. You want to be diligent. When, when you're full of the Word, you'll be very diligent. So what this is saying, God's word is telling us, let's show respect to what God has said and walk by faith and walk in his faith. Verse two, for unto us was the gospel, again, the Greek word means the good news that seems too good to be true. The gospel, for, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, talking about the children of Israel, in the wilderness. The gospel was preached to them. What was the good news? Hey, God has given you the land of Canaan. There's a promised land. You won't have to water it with your foot like you did in Egypt. God will water your land. There are cities that God is going to give you that you're going to live in that you didn't have to build. There are wells that you're going to enjoy that fresh water that you didn't have to dig. All of these things, it's rest. But it did not profit them, didn't profit the children of Israel, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. It wasn't mixed with faith. Right? So, some of you guys might not know what this is. I've never personally used one, but... When you do this, if you put it in eggs, it will mix them, right? It's, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Now, you could even mix pancake batter like this. So this is what the children of Israel did not do. Had they done it, they would not have died having never obtained their inheritance. Many New Testament believers do this their whole life and go to heaven and find out that they missed everything that God had for them. Now, so this is it. You have to mix faith with the gospel. So I have to mix it. Now, you have a mixer. It doesn't look like this. It's your mouth. So the children of Israel, they heard the gospel. I've already given you this land, and it's a good land. For us, Tony, I sent my word. And healed you. I redeemed you from the curse of the law. Something had happened in my past. So what they did, they walked around the wilderness and they mixed it. See, you're always mixing something. But they didn't mix faith with the gospel. They mixed their words with what they were thinking. We can't. There's walled cities there. There's people greater than us. We could never, ever, we'll die if we go in there. And because they mixed the wrong thing, they never entered into his rest. New Testament believer, 
I have to mix. I've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. Let's say you're facing arthritis. You looked at the word and you say, I'm free from arthritis because he redeemed me from the curse of the law. According to Deuteronomy 28, verse 61, it says it includes all sickness, all disease. You could say cancer. You could say diabetes. You could say it, it, it has all injuries, everything. And so I just start mixing it. I believe I receive my healing, and then I mix it. When my body, a pain hits my body, Father, I thank you that I'm redeemed from pain in my hip because you sent your word and healed me. If I mix it, I will stay at rest and I will see it in my body and in my life. Do you see that? It's that simple. Because when you get in faith, and the only way to get in faith is by hearing the word of God. But once you hear it, faith is there. Now to stay in faith, you simply continue to mix the word with the gospel. Does that make sense? You just mix it. It's mine, I have it now. The word is working mightily in me. So this is huge. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, you don't have to turn there, but you can put that in your notes. Acts 20, 24 Paul said this, he says, he said, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. Why? So that I might finish my course with joy. See, if you count your life dear to yourself, guess what? You're not looking at Jesus, you're looking at you. You won't finish your course. Does that make sense? And he said also, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. What was the ministry that Paul received? To testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Amen. We're going to always teach on the gospel. We're going to teach you how to walk in the love of God, which is part of the gospel of grace. We're going to teach you to walk by the faith of God, which is part of the gospel of grace. We're going to teach you to be led by the Spirit of God because that is part of the gospel of grace. The gospel. So to preach the gospel, I have to preach what Paul preached. I have to preach the word. Oh, you could come here and hear a nice story hear a nice joke. I could be super dynamic, but if it's not the gospel, it won't bring you, it won't enable you to enter rest, which means you can't walk by faith. It won't help you lay hold of anything. You won't be able to know God. And 10 seconds after you leave this place, your eyes will be up to here with you again. And you'll get in battles that you, you might even get to the point where you think God is the one causing all this stuff. There's multitudes of believers that believe that. So we, he helps us. Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 and verse 7 say something very powerful. Paul is speaking here under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost in this letter to the Galatians. He said this, Galatians 1 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel. God has called us into the grace of the anointed, of the anointed one and his anointing. I love that. Verse 7, which is not another. Now notice what he says which is not another, but there be some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. Notice he didn't say gospels. There's not a gospel of healing and a gospel of, of prosperity and a gospel of deliverance. No, it's all the gospel of grace and it includes all of that. And if it's not, if it's not the gospel of the grace of Christ, then it's perverted. It's not a gospel. It's not another gospel. Did you see that? Very simple. Hallelujah. There is the gospel of Christ, 
which is the gospel of grace, which includes everything. All the blessings of God came as a result of the God's grace, His unmerited favor, Him doing for you and I what we could never do for ourselves. You can't earn it. We don't even deserve it. He just loved us so much He gave it to us. And realize this, God's power flows out of His grace. So the power of God is evident whenever you're preaching on the grace of God, whenever you're walking in the grace of God. In other words, God's want his, God wants his power in your life constantly. Constantly. So, God's power flows through his grace. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Then you mix God's word with faith. How? By speaking it. And then, so I mix, I mix, see, faith is birthed when I hear the word, and I mix the word with faith as I'm speaking it, and then what happens as I'm speaking it, I will begin to act on it. As I continue in the word, as I meditate in the word, it will take me from just being a hearer to being a doer. Well, how does it do that? All of a sudden, the faith that is birthed in my heart from hearing the gospel of grace will start to motivate me. I will start to have a desire to declare things, to declare his word. I'll know just what to declare. I'll have a desire to lift my hands and praise him. I'll have a desire to do things. Sometimes if I'm sick, the grace of God will tell me, get up. Right? Sometimes it'll tell me if, I, if, if my lower back is bothering me, and it'll tell me, I mean, it'll tell me, hey, bend over. Do something you can't do, whatever it is. The, it, it's the walk of faith. You're not trying to conjure these things up. The, the faith in your heart is going to motivate you to act. That's why Smith Wigglesworth used to always say this. Faith is an act. I act, see, see faith was birthed when I heard about Jesus in Sunday school in July of 1966. And when they did this little felt thing on a wall about Jesus coming out of a grave, faith was birthed. I thought about it when my mom and I, when we ate lunch after we left church, and then after lunch was over, I went, you know, I was in the living room, my mom was in the kitchen, and I walked into the kitchen and I said, Mom, I want to get saved. I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I was four and a half years old. What motivated me to do that? The faith that was birthed, I continued in it. I didn't even know I was four and a half. The Holy Spirit was helping me. Yeah, he does. Just like the Holy Spirit's going to help all those people that you're witnessing to. They might not want to hear it. Don't worry about it. That's right. Come on. Because you walk away, you'll forget all about it, and the Holy Spirit will keep talking to them. Yes, he will. But eventually, what happened is it motivated me. Through a desire, hey, I'm going to go in the kitchen in our little two-bedroom apartment in Chicago, and I'm going to ask my mom, or I'm, going to, I'm going to ask my mom, hey, mom, I want to accept Jesus. That's how it works. Do you know that's how it works for me in every area right now? That, or that's how you receive your healing. What do I do? I don't know. I can't work out your own salvation. What's God telling you to do? Well, I don't know. Okay. You know why you don't know? Because if this is Jesus, you're looking like this. So just look back here, get in the Word, and pretty soon you'll know. Because God puts His will for your life into you in the form of His Word. But His will for your life comes out of you in the form of desires. And as you delight in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. This is why so many Christians are not walking in anything because God is not primary. He's secondary or 12th. He's a peripheral issue. Right? And we, we have people that are trying to find the revealed will of God for their life. God, what do you want me to do with my life? I'm sensing ministry. I'm sensing this but I have no idea and 30 years passed or whatever it is, right? And I'm still not able to lay hold of it. Well, brother, you're violating the written word. 
right? You're not walking in love. You're not walking in forgiveness. You're not honoring God in your finances. You're not even planted in a viable part of a local church. Yeah, but local church, man, it's just whacked. What does that have to do with anything? Doesn't, doesn't have anything. God, if you talk to God, well, God, I, I don't go to church because, you know, church is a mess. You know what God's going to say to you? No, he's going to say crickets. He's just, it's just going to be like, right? The voice you're going to hear is going to be in your mind from the enemy going, yeah, you know, and the reason why is because of this and that, and, and you know, you're prophetic, so you need to speak over the body of Christ. And, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, you're out there trying to work out everybody else's salvation, and you're a mess in your personal life. And, 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 and let's just, do we get mad at people like that? No. No, we don't even look at people like that because we got to watch ourselves because, man, my flesh will be, you know, uh, it'll drag me over here to do crazy stuff. No, 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 no. This is why we help each other. You know, the greatest help you can give for those people in your life that don't know the Lord or who know the Lord and are not walking in the fullness of his blessing is you just walk out God's plan for your life and let them see it, right? That's the best thing. Hallelujah. The reason that some get it and some don't is this. You cannot question God's word and enter into his rest. Why? Because if you're questioning God's word, you can't mix faith with it. So you can't enter in. Do you see that? So we've got we've to be careful you got to learn something as a Christian. You are created to be one with God. Which means you're created to be one with your brothers and sisters. Because we're all one. So, God's not going to call you to do anything for yourself or by yourself. He's, you're not going to do anything alone. You're going to do everything together. That's, so I'm telling you, man, I love it when I hear of somebody, they get planted in a local body. They're hearing the word. They start pouring their life into that local church family. Pretty soon, everything in their life will start changing. You're thinking, well, how can, how can your life change if you're vacuuming or ushering or change i mean how can your life change changing a diaper are you serious oh it can because see what god when you when you say no to him it dulls you spiritually but when you say yes to him oh man god is like now i'm able you're positioned right i could while you're in there changing a diaper I'm out there working something out to bring a lot more money in your life, to, to remove you from being stressed. Listen, if you find yourself in a position where you're working all the time, you know, uh, I mean, we go, we go out uh, to restaurants and sometimes some of these servers, I think of one man that I know, his name's Mike. Man, this guy works every day at a breakfast restaurant till two o'clock. He goes home for a couple hours and then he goes and he works at a real exclusive steakhouse here in town every day to provide for his family. He could never come to church if he wanted to because he's working all the time. Well, you might find yourself here. Let's say the Lord is prompting you, man, I really want you in church Wednesday night. He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. But you're like, but I got to work Wednesday night. What do you do? You rest. You don't try to figure it out. You just go, Lord, I'm submitted to you. I'm submitted to your word. I give you this situation. And now I'm just believing you to work it out. And he will. He'll either give you a job, the one job that pays you enough. He'll create situations. He'll change schedules. He'll do it, all of it. Will it happen in 10, 10 minutes? No. No. Yeah, but God's prompted me to go to church Wednesday night. I really want to go, but I got to work this other job. Relax. Just, listen, while it's, while it's in process, you've already obeyed. 
See, this is the way it is with God. It's all about position. You want me in church Wednesday night? Great. Okay, Father, I just believe that I receive. I just, I just, I give you this care. I thank you you're going to work it out. Guess what? Instantly, you're right in the will of God. Well, I'm not in church Wednesday night. No, you're still in the will of God because you're willing and obedient. And then all of a sudden, God will work it out to where all of a sudden, see, this is where all of our lives are going, guys, and this is what you need to know. God wants all of you to be making a lot more money than you're making right now working less. Because you got to be ready to be able to jump in full-time ministry. And, and, and God won't expect you to go backwards to do it. Hallelujah. Do you have confidence in God's ability to get the job done for you? That's the question. Do you have confidence that God loves you so much that he will work it all out for you? Yes. Don't you? Oh, he loves you. He sees the greatness that you are, that he's placed in you. He is your creator. He's the one that defines your identity. Not your past mistakes, not what the enemy has done in your life, not the stupid stuff you've done. No, no, no. He knows you. He knows who you are. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says this. Philippians 1, 6 It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. This word perform means he will complete it and he will finish it. Notice it doesn't, Paul says, I'm confident of this very thing, that Jesus Christ who begun a good work on me on the road to Damascus that day, is going to complete it and finish it. So my whole life, it's him doing it, not me. So let's just give ourselves a break. Seriously. Let's give ourselves a break and rest. Do you know Satan doesn't want you to know that you can give yourself a break? He doesn't want you to know that you can decide to just go, you know what? I'm out. I'm out of this. I'm at rest. He, when, when circumstances are screaming, you're going to die, this is a mess, you're not going to make it, God says, it is finished. Rest. And if you'll meditate on that, you'll walk in it. You'll just walk in it. All of a sudden you'll go, Pastor, when you first said that, it made no sense to me. But as I kept meditating in the word of God, now it makes perfect rest to me. It makes rest. I'm out. I've given myself a break. So grace, when we talk about the gospel of grace, as we, as we kind of wind down here, just give me a few more minutes. I'm about done. Till next Sunday. But grace, when we talk about the gospel of grace, Grace is not a subject. Grace is the person of Jesus Christ. He's everything. He is everything. He's more than enough. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus on the earth. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of truth. And then it says this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, but we all, with an open, unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, it seems like almost every service I say that scripture. God's wanting to get, any, get something over to us. In Hebrews chapter 4, it goes on in verse 3 now. We've, we've, we've spent all this time in two verses. In verse 3 it says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest... 
although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So I want you to focus on these first, what, eight, nine words? For we which have believed do enter into rest. If you don't believe, you're not in rest. I can judge my beliefs by my rest. I know if, I, I know if I'm believing right because I'm at rest. If I'm not believing right, then I'm not at rest. Believing will cause me to enter his rest. The highest level of faith is rest. I'm telling you, it's just rest. I'm not worried about the diagnosis. I'm not worried about my finances. I have no idea how it's going to work out other than the fact I know Jesus is going to work it out. And I'm at rest. I'm not trying to figure it out. I refuse to worry about it. See, that's the fight of faith is to stay at rest. You got to keep your mind stayed on him. You got to be hearing the gospel of his grace all the time. In this place of rest, here's the thing, and this is why a foundational piece of our church is worship. In this place of rest, all that is left to do is worship. I'm resting in the finished work of Jesus. This place of worship, it's the place of being fully persuaded that what God said he provided for me is done and he's bringing it to pass. That's what we're talking about. And when I'm at rest, I'm literally positioned to receive God's best, everything that he's provided for me. Hallelujah. You'll never rest in something you don't have confidence in. You cannot receive the finished work of Christ out of stress or worry. So the Holy Spirit will help you. Amen?